give him praise. Come on, put your hands together. If he's ever done anything for you, put your hands together. If he is who he is to you, give him glory. Don't let no rock beat you. Don't let no rock cry in your place. Come on now, he's been too good. He's been too good. I know it's hard, I know it's tough, I know it's not the way you want it to be, but he's been good. He's been good. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? See, I got to let you know that I was praying for miracles for some people in this room, in this sanctuary, praying for miracles for God to do what only God can do, what doctors cannot do, what employers cannot do. What therapists cannot do, what medicine cannot do, what a banker cannot do, what a parent cannot do. Lord, would you do what only you can do? You sit high, but you look low. Would you enter into time and space because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and Miracles are not just what we read about in the Bible. But we believe that you are capable of still doing miracles in our midst. Now in Jesus' hometown, he didn't do many miracles there because of the people's unbelief. May that not be our testimony. May we even be like the man who brought his child to Jesus. Lord, I believe, but... Help my unbelief. If you don't do it, it can't get done. While I'm alive, I'm believing. If you can raise your son from the dead, you can raise this situation. With the living, there is hope. I'm still alive, so there's still hope. I can search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Where else can we go? Only he has the words of eternal life and only he has the power to enter into our situation. I want to keep in prayer today, Elder John Kiever. His mother went home to be with Jesus on Thursday night. So keep our elder in your prayers. And as a body, we grieve with those who grieve, mourn with those who mourn. We also rejoice with those who rejoice. Because 50 years ago, a lady came into the world today. Uh, Sister Ebony Thunderbird is 50 years old today. Look at her. She just. And she has been celebrating all month long. <laughs> Amen. You look good, girl. You look good. Um, is Maddie Wooding here today? Is Maddie here? Maddie is 77 years old today. <laughs> Maddie here? Okay. Any other birthdays this month, this week? Any, any other birthdays? Okay, Jen, anybody else? Okay. All right. Well, happy, happy birthday, happy blessed day to you. Well, let's pray. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 5. Book of Revelation, chapter 5. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the body of Christ, the household of faith, the family of God a place for us 
to belong. A place for us to bless and be blessed. A place to give and to receive. The church, a place to teach and a place to learn. Thank you for our children who are upstairs learning your word. Thank you, Lord, for your grown children who are in the sanctuary now learning your word that we might learn about you because we want to live for you. No one has touched our heart the way you have. There's none like you. So, Lord, help us to be in tune with who you are and what you have for us that we might be obedient children who are pleasing to you. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit who lives in us, not only to comfort us and to strengthen us, but to work on our will so that the things we want are the things that you want for us. And we thank you, O oh God. Have your way now through the word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, before I get into this sermon today, this message, I need you to, play, to pay close attention. I need you to pay close attention because it's going to take a turn on you, okay? I'm going to start out going this way, and we're going to take a turn that you might not see coming, so I'm telling you ahead of time, make sure your seatbelt is on. We're going somewhere, but it's going to take a turn. And I'll let you know when we're getting to the turn so you don't miss what's going on. But stay with me as we set it up. Amen? Amen. The church I grew up in, in Baltimore, Maryland, was a church that had hymnals. Some of y'all know what that is. Others of y'all have no idea what a hymnal is. We thank God for the new day of worship where the words are put on the screen. But back in the day, there were pews. There's a little thing on the back of the pew where they would set the hymnal in. Can I get a witness? Anybody remember that? And the worship leader was called the hymn leader. And they would say, turn to him number what? 388 or 577, 212. And we're going to sing together upon this rock. And everybody would turn in the hymnals and we would sing together. I grew up in a church with hymnals. I also grew up in a church that not only had hymnals, but they also had weekly bulletins. Some of y'all missed the weekly bulletin, weekly brochure. You never read them, but you got them. <laughs> they give them out every week. And a lot of times be the same information in it than what was in there last week. Yeah, and then you take them home, you stack them up right next to the Jet magazines. Oh, wait a minute, I'm going too far back. I'm going, let me pull it. <laughs> but the church I grew up in, we would sing a hymn every week. And the hymn was a very short hymn, but it was also placed in the bulletin, so we didn't turn to the hymnal in order to read it. It was very short, and that hymn said, All things come of thee, O God, and of thine own have we what? Oh, yeah, some of y'all know that, right? 
Let me say it again. All things come of thee, O God, and of thine own have we given thee. And so the hymn writer is saying everything we're giving to you is what you have given to us. I'm not giving you anything that you didn't give to me. I'm not giving you anything that you don't already possess and own. So of thine own are we giving to thee. And the psalm writer received that information from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 14, when David wrote, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. That, that's right where it came from, right out of the word of God. Well, I love that. David is being blessed by God, and he's like, God, I want to give you a sacrifice back, but what can I give you that you haven't already given to me? But it reminds me of a question that another psalm writer wrote in Psalm 116, verse 12, and this is from the Amplified Version, and that writer said, What will I give to the Lord in return for all his benefits toward me? What will I give to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? If we're trying to give God more in 2024, a fair question is, Lord, what can I give to you? Because you have everything. You ever try to shop for somebody that is hard to shop for because they got a lot of stuff? What, what do I get this person? God, you have everything. You own everything. But the songwriter is still asking, what will I give to the Lord? Well, I can at least give him, the one who owns everything and the one who doesn't need anything, I can at least give him what the Bible tells me to give him. The Bible says I ought to give him thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So I can give him thanks. We can give him thanks, and not just during Thanksgiving month. Give him thanks. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And not only that, I can give him praise. I can celebrate who he is. I can open up my mouth. And shout unto God with the voice of triumph and declare who he is with some exclamation points on what I'm saying. So I can give him thanks. I can give him praise. And I can also give him glory. Psalm 96 verse 8. It says, give to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. So what can I give the one who doesn't need anything and who has everything? I can do what the Bible says. I can give him thanks. I can give him praise. And I can give him glory. And that's what we're going to focus on today with our message, more glory. More glory. That's our title today, more glory. Glory means magnificence. If we're defining glory, it's a very pregnant word. It has so many different uh, meanings to it. But if we were to try to simplify, it means magnificence. It means brilliance, greatness, honor, 
exaltation. Glory, it means splendor. Glory, it means to shine, to shine. I don't want you to miss that because we may forget the other words, brilliance and magnificence and splendor and honor and exaltation when we talk about glory. But if you break it down in simplest terms, it means to shine. And when referring to God, glory speaks of God's transcendent essence, being, and nature in that he is magnificent. In that he is someone who is to be exalted. He is brilliant. He is full of splendor. And he shines. God is glorious. God is is shining. And in Revelation chapter 5, we see the people in heaven giving Jesus praise, honor, strength, and glory. I'm about to read this, but I want to let you know that if you are a believer in Jesus, if you're born again, you are part of the group that is here in Revelation chapter 5, that Jesus has redeemed and purchased from every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue. Now, I know I'm going to be a part of this number. Are you going to be a part of this number? Will you be there? Oh, I'm going to be there. Oh, he redeemed me. He purchased me. And I will be around the throne. And the Bible says that there will be people there 10,000s times 10,000s. In other words, that's the biblical way of saying we can't even number how many people will be in the throne room of God giving glory to the Lamb. Chapter 5 opens up with the fact that God is sitting on the throne and he's holding a scroll in his hand. And no one is worthy enough to approach the ancient of days to get the scroll out of his hand in order to begin the days of the revelation that will carry on in the rest of the chapters of the book. All of the judgments that will come forth from God. Who is worthy to take the scroll from the hand of God as he sits upon the throne? And the Bible says that John the Revelator, who's been caught up in the spirit to see what's going on in heaven, that he begins to weep because no one has the the weight, the authority to approach God and take the scroll from him. And one of the elders said to John, he said, said, "Uh, don't weep, brother, don't weep. Because the lion from the tribe of Judah, he has prevailed. And the Bible says that Jesus approaches God and takes the scroll out of the hand of God. And the reason why he could do it is because he was worthy to do it. The word worthy literally means weighty, weighty. That Jesus had enough weight, enough uh, glory upon him. He was worthy enough. He had enough weight in order to approach God. He had the right credentials. He had the right authority in order to go and approach God and get the scroll from his hand. And the Bible says that the people in heaven began to worship and say, worthy is the lamb. In other words, he's got enough weight to approach God. So let's look at verse 12, what this multitude said about not only the lion from the tribe of Judah, but he's also called in this passage 
the Lamb of God. Because Jesus was the Lion and the Lamb. And then the Bible says in verse 12, with a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That's us in heaven. See, I want to worship now like I'm going to worship then. Did, did you hear me? Did you hear me? I, I, I want to start doing now what I'm going to be doing for all eternity. And that is saying worthy is the lamb. He's the centerpiece of my worship because no one else is worthy to be worshipped, the lamb of God. So it says here that he is to receive power. He is to receive riches. He is to receive wisdom and strength, honor, glory, and blessing. All right, here we go. If he's receiving this stuff, that means somebody's giving him this stuff. But who are the people giving him all of this? It's the people who have been redeemed from every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue. That's us. We are giving to the Lamb power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. But we just said that God doesn't need anything. And God owns everything. God doesn't have a deficiency in his person whereby if we don't praise him, he's going to have a bad day. He doesn't need our praise. He doesn't need anything. He's self-sufficient in and of himself. He's full of all his attributes all the time. There's nothing lacking in God whatsoever. So how are we going to give him these things when he doesn't need these things and uh, he has all this stuff. And if we go deeper, the stuff we're going to give him is stuff that he gave us to give him. Mm, 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 mm. So if we focus on this word glory that's found in verse 12, that we're giving him power. What power we have comes from him and we're giving him power. We're acknowledging that all power comes from him. Power belongs to God. So we're giving him power. We're giving him riches. All riches come from God. The earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. The silver is God's. The gold is God's. And so whatever we have, we're giving it to him and on and on and on. And then this aspect of glory. So when referring to God, glory speaks of his unique brilliance, magnificence, splendor, and shine. So we're giving him top attention. We're giving him glory. We're lifting. We're exalting. We're honoring him. We're giving him glory. So when we talk about giving God glory, we're talking about giving him praise, giving him worship because he's worthy. Some have called worship worthship. He's weighty enough as the most high. There is none like you what we just sang. So we're giving him glory because he's the glorious one. He's the one who's full of splendor, majesty, brilliance, might, and everything. My vocabulary, my dictionary is not strong enough, is not big enough to give me a word to describe him because no word can fully describe him. So if I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't praise him enough. But I'm going to use the one I got and I'm going to say you're worthy. Worthy is the Lamb of God. 
because no one else can touch my heart like you do. No one else could save my sin-sick soul. Nobody else could purchase me like you did. Worthy is the Lamb of God. And I don't have to wait till I get there to praise him like I believe it now. Giving him glory. Giving him glory. But here come your turn. Here, I'm turning. Here come your turn. That's glory referring to God. But what about glory referring to humans? I'm turning. Glory is that thing which makes us shine. How can we be made in the image of God who is full of shine and we not have shine ourselves? Uh-huh. John chapter 1 and verse 9. It talks about John the Baptist, that uh, he was not the light, but someone else was the light, Jesus. And Jesus is the light, capital L, listen to this, who lights every person who comes into the world. So every person who is born, made in the image of God, they come into the world with light. There is light in us because we're made in the image of the God who is light. Uh, There's brilliance on us because we're made in the image of God who is brilliant. There's shine on us because God shines and we're made in his image. Image. Humans have light and glory. We have shine. Now, the Bible says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But some of us don't think high of ourselves at all. Some of us have such a low view of who we are, and we think God made a mistake when he made us. But if you can hang on with me, again, I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning. There's a glory on you because there's a glory in you. There's a light in you. And when we become followers of Jesus, who is the light, now there's light coming from us because we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth because of our relationship with Jesus. You cannot walk with God and not have light in you and coming from you. You're shining. You're shining. You're shining. And uh, you got to let your neighbor know, I'm shining today not because of the lotion I put on. (laughs) Some of us didn't even have lotion. Mama put Vaseline on us. You thought you were shining with lotion. Lord have mercy. He put that Vaseline on you. You, you have so much on, you were just slipping by, folks. You just, <laughs> Vaseline, you shining. But let your neighbor know you're not shining today because of lotion or because of Vaseline. Or because you got on fake jewelry from TJ Maxx like I got on today. Did you see my bling? $39. And the cheaper the jewelry, the brighter the light in the cabinet to shine on the jewel. The light, one of them fluorescent lights. Because it's got to hit the fake stuff to make you think the fake stuff is real stuff. But give me the fake stuff because there's a whole lot of lights up here right now hitting this cheap, fake bling. But I'm not shining because of my bling. Lord, I'm shining. Because I've been made in the image of God. That shine in me. That shine on me. 
In fact, we have been crowned with shine. We've been crowned with glory. Psalm 8, verses 3 through 5. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You've crowned him with shine. Somebody needs to write a children's book called Crown with Glory. Wait a minute. Somebody did write a book called Crown with Glory. Amen. Y'all know I'm going to always try to get my wife in the sermon. I'm going to always. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Lord. Because she got some shine. Oh, anyway, let me stay focused. God gave each of us glory. We've been crowned with glory. God has given each of us glory. That is something unique about us that makes us shine so that people can see God in us and through us. So, so something unique. Your glory might be your intellectual prowess. Some of you are just smart, just smarter than most. Some of you have photographic memories. God gave you a special thing, this ability to read books quickly and and ascertain the knowledge, absorb it, and and spew it back out. You've been blessed with an intellectual kind of capability that a lot of us do not have. Some of us, some of you have been blessed with athletic abilities that are off the chart. Everybody can't do what you do. It's a gift that came from God. That's why you can run like that. That's why you can catch a ball, shoot a ball, or hit a golf ball. God gave you something that he didn't give to everybody. And when people see that, they see glory. In other words, you shine when you're operating that way. Some of us have beauty. That's just off the chart. Now, all of us are beautiful. All of us are beautiful. But then there's some of us in another category. I should say, may all of the people who are in another category please stand. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to. See, see? Up there, stand. But some of us, man, God gave us something that stands out. When the Bible talks about people in the Bible being beautiful, Rachel, and things like man, you know, they were beautiful people. And some of us have that kind of light, that kind of glory. But all of us have a glory called a smile. A smile can lighten up, lighten up a room. And some of us, when we smile, our eyes shine. For some of us, our skin shines in every color. Amen. Every color. Some of us have shine in our sense of humor. Some of us have shine in our wit. So many ways we shine. Some of us have skills that are just ridiculous. My daughter can paint. And as I watched her skill develop, they shine on her. There are people in here who can produce records. People in here who can play instruments. Everybody can't do what you do. And even if other people do do what you do, they can't do it the way you do it. You write songs. You sing songs. You have a voice. Everybody don't have a voice. Most of us are making a joyful noise up in here. That's something you, you got that causes you to shine. You have glory. There are people in here 
who've been blessed with the ability to create wealth. Wealth. You shine because you know how to make money. You've been blessed because of your position. And if you're a Christian, all of us have been blessed with spiritual giftedness. There's a gift that he put in you. When you're, we're born, we have natural talents, all that comes from God, a shine. And then he gives all of us who know Jesus a spiritual gift. So administration. He gave you that gift of administration. Mercy. He gave you that gift of mercy so that people can see your good works as you let your light shine and glorify your Father in heaven. We see Jesus through your glory, through your shine. Um, one aspect of my shine, since I have the microphone, right. is I have the ability to remember scriptures in the Bible. That my wife is talking and she'll say, what, what's that passage? And I like to kind of come in as, <laughs> as the man. Oh, baby, that's found over in Lamentations. <laughs> oh, baby, that's over there. And I, I, you know them deep books. That's over in Habakkuk. <laughs> but here's the deal, though. I can only do that because God gave me the ability to do it. And he gave me the Holy Spirit who will remind us of all things we've learned and bring it back to our remembrance. So I can't take credit. I'm going somewhere. For the glory that's on me, for the glory that's on me came from him. I don't think I'm coming through right. So, 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 so let me do this and ask a question. Will we give God glory for the glory he's given to each and every one of us? Will we give him glory? Or will we be foolish and think that that glory comes from us, that it emanates from us, that it's inherent within us? Because if you're foolish enough to think that the reason why you can run fast or the reason because you're smart or the reason because you're wealthy or the reason because you can sing, this shine that you got to organize things, this shine that you got, if you think it comes from you, not only are you foolish, you're arrogant. The shine, because you know where it comes from, ought to cause you to be humble with it. But if you're walking around with it like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread and iced water, there's a warning. I, I, I got to warn you. I got to warn you. I got to warn you. There's a dude in the Bible named Herod. I could go to the Old Testament and talk about Nebuchadnezzar. Walking around Babylon talking about, look at this kingdom I got. God gave you glory to be a king, to lead people, but you got a big head, and you talked about this is the kingdom I got. God said, okay, let me humble this brother, and he was on, what, his hands and, uh, you know, like a beast for seven years. Uh, I, I'm not going to that one. I, I'm going to the New Testament because I know some of y'all only read the New Testament. <laughs> Acts chapter 12. This won't be on the screen, but it's in your Bible. Verse 20, now Herod had been angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. What all that mean? That's politics. Some people say, I don't come to church to hear politics. There's a time to hear politics. The Bible is written against the backscape of all kind of politics. 
So, so, so that's politics right there. But let's go on down to verse 21. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them, verse 22, and the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not a man, the voice of a God and not a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of the Lord grew and multiplied. Can I help somebody today? Can I help myself? When they were saying, oh, he sounds so great. That's the voice of God, not the voice of a man. And rather than giving God glory for his position, his ability to be an orator, to be a leader, all that stuff, even though brother was crooked, he should have given God the glory, but instead he kept the glory for himself. And I have to believe this is not the first time he's done that. And so God says, I'm merciful, but there comes a time when mercy runs out with you. Uh, and the angel strikes this brother. Now, I find it also interesting that God did not strike him down when he had James the apostle arrested and beheaded in jail. God didn't kill him after that. God didn't kill him after Peter was arrested and uh, 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 he wanted to kill Peter the same way. But then God freed Peter from jail. And then Herod went and killed the guards who were watching over Peter where Peter got free. He killed them, but God didn't kill Herod for doing that. And uh, when I look at this, I'm like, you didn't kill him for killing James. You didn't kill him for killing the guards. You didn't kill him for arresting Peter, but you killed him for not giving you the glory. I'm not trying to make you afraid of God, but I am trying to make you afraid of God. God is not to be played with. He's a jealous God who shares his glory with no one. So what little bit of shine we got, may we be very quick to give him glory for the glory we got. And not get it twisted and think that this glory started with us and stays with us. Because God will let you know real quick, I'll call you home. Or Samson. I'll take your glory away from you, which is in your hair. You'll go bald up in here. I'm sorry for the bald people. I didn't mean anything by that. But you'll go bald up in here. I'll take that glory from you. And notice, when Herod dies, the church grows. Some of us walk around our jobs, our homes, and even the church like we're the greatest thing ever. And that if we're not there, it's going to all fall apart. Let me tell you something. On the day I die, you die, we're going to get over your remains and pray and Lord have mercy. We're going to go to the repast, eat some fried chicken. Then after that, we're going on with our life. Your glory was taken, but the work goes on. So humble yourself because, yeah, God loves me, but I'm not all that. I'm humble. Okay, okay, Pastor Chris, what am I supposed to do with my glory now? Use it for his glory. That thing you got that makes you shine, make sure he gets the glory for it. Not some kind of humble thing. Every time you do something, well, you know, first giving honor to God. No, 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 I'm, I'm talking. <laughs> How 
how'd you do that? You know, just nobody but the Lord, you know. Because you can say that and not always mean that. So all that religious stuff. But we're going to give him the glory. Okay, okay. Still not coming through. How do you do it? The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 7, Jesus goes to a Pharisee's house. And while he's there at the Pharisee's house, a sinful woman comes. And she comes in and she starts weeping at the feet of Jesus. And the Pharisee is like, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is. Jesus did know what kind of woman he is, and Jesus also knew what kind of savior he is, too. She's weeping. And the Bible says her tears are on his feet. And then she takes her hair. Y'all read that story? And wiped his feet with her hair. What does all that mean? The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15, that when a woman has long hair, he says, if a woman has long hair, so some women have short hair. He says, if a woman has long hair, it's a glory to her. I'm coming home. This is my conclusion. I'm getting there. She took her glory, her hair. Because some of us have the kind of hair, man, whoo, that's some beautiful hair right there. You either born with it or you purchased it. And people look at it and like, look at the glory on that hair. Yeah, you purchased this yours. It's yours. The glory. But whereas we got black women who do not want their hair to get wet, whether it's natural or purchased, this woman was not afraid to get her hair wet with her tears wiping the feet of Jesus. Pastor Chris, what does all that mean? She was surrendering her glory to the glorious one. Come on, come on now. She was bowing because to worship is to be down at the feet. She was worshiping, which is what we're going to do in eternity. We're going to worship him. And so we were going to, we're going to give him our glory, whatever thing that makes us shine. We're giving it back to him, the one who gave it to her. And what she's doing is I'm surrendering my glory at his feet, unlike what Herod did. I'm just here to say, give him the glory by giving him your glory. Give him the glory by giving him your glory. Don't walk around thinking that this is all about you and this comes from you. You're smart like that because you're just so smart. Because just like with Herod, you may not die, but you can get into an accident and lose your mind and your memory. You, and you don't have that no more. Okay, you're pretty and all that, but you can get in an accident, God forbid, and lose some of that prettiness, that handsomeness. So if your identity is built on that stuff alone, and them wrinkles come or the bank account shifts and you don't have that kind of glory no more. You better be checking in with the glorious one. Now, when I was young, I didn't have much money. Uh, I didn't have much money. And like a lot of kids, Christmas time would come. My parents would give me money to buy them presents. Anybody ever been there? My father's birthday. My mother would give me money to buy my father a birthday present. So whatever I gave to my parents only is because they gave it to me to give it back to them. 
So anything we got that's glorious, that makes us shine, it comes from God. So it ought to go back to God, and I don't need to wait to get to heaven to give him glory. I'm going to give him glory now because he gave this stuff to me. So I'm going to honor you by giving it back to you. When we have children who are very glorious, we dedicate them to the Lord. We're giving them back to God because they came from God. It's an acknowledgement to the giver that God owns everything, not us. But you've got to be a special kind of seedy and evil person. That if your parents give you money to get them a gift, you get them a gift with half the money. I'm going to get a gift with half. They gave me 20 bucks. I'm going to put 10 on them and put 10 in my <laughs> That may have happened a couple of times in my upbringing. That's before I knew Jesus. Don't laugh. God, I give you half my heart. I ain't giving you all of it. Because if I give you all of it, I can't control what's happening. I think I can control stuff. No, give him everything. And then some of us, when the parents give us 10 bucks, they don't get nothing back. When God gives us all that he gives, what does he get back? So don't hide the glory. Don't hoard the glory. Don't take credit for the glory. Don't steal the glory. But surrender your glory to God's glory. Lay your shine at the feet of the shining one. All of the time. All of the time. Lest you get a big head and think it's you. And for any unbelievers in here, Jesus wants you in revelation around that throne, but you can only get there coming through him. Works won't get you there. You, you can't be good enough to get there. He's the door of heaven. He, he paid your admission price with his blood, you, but you've got to receive him to get there. Because let me tell you, if you don't receive him now, which is really giving him the glory, you're going to die in your sin and still give him the glory. Pastor, what, what, what you talking about? How is somebody that don't know Jesus, going, they're going to die, go to hell. How are they still going to give him glory? Well, well Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 and 11 talks about that at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow of things in heaven, things on the earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So you either bow now and receive the benefits, or you bow later. Let's pray. Father God, uh, you are the glorious one. Thank you for giving us some glory. It's not intrinsic in us. It didn't begin with us. It came from you. You are the one who has intrinsic, inherent glory. You shine. You're consuming fire. You're amazing. And yet, you made us a little lower than the angels and crowned us with glory because we've been made in your image. We're special. We're beautiful. We've got something about us that causes people to see a shine and hopefully to see you in it. 
All we're saying today, Lord, is that as we give you more glory, we just want to give you more credit, more honor. We just want to acknowledge where it all comes from. So we thank you, Lord. I pray for that person who may not know you, that today would be the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, say, Jesus, save me, Jesus. I want to be born again. Jesus, I want to be forgiven. My friend, the earth may not shake, lightning may not flash, and thunder may not roll, but you will know something has happened in your heart. You will not be the same person if you put your faith, your trust, your life in Jesus. Today is the day. Pray and ask him. We thank you, God, for another opportunity to share your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 Did you get a little bit? Did you get something? Did you, what, huh? We're going to give him glory then. Let's give him glory now. The glory we have, it comes from him. We give it back to him. Well, I'm going to ask Pastor G to come on up right now. He wants to share a few words with you. Um, we're grateful for how God has kept him um, during the time of his sister's sickness and even her passing. He and his daughters just got back from Canada this past week. And so I'm going to invite my brother on up to share a few words with us. Y'all give it up for my man. you know, um, my sister, uh, my oldest sister passed away on uh, New Year's Day after a long illness. Um, she got an extra year because uh, she had what's called acute leukemia, which is fatal. And she wasn't going to do any treatment, but uh, her doctor talked her into it. And uh, during that time, she had the uh, remission. She got a chance to see her granddaughter get married and to see a great-grandchild being born. So that was just a blessing. She got to see another Christmas. So we had an opportunity to go up and um, just uh, a great home going for her. So I just wanted to thank you so much for your prayers and your encouragement during that time. It's, it's kind of different when a sibling passes. When a parent passes, you kind of know that, but when a sibling passes, it's different. So that's the first thing I want to do is just share with you. Just thank you so much for doing that. The second part is I want to share with you is that uh, eight years ago, God... Uh, brought me to, to Nashville and brought me to this church. And he brought it in, in a way that was really unquestionable. That's where he wanted me to be because of that. Um, the move really started because my, my wife, my bride's parents live here. We wanted to be by them. We talked about it. But everything else after that, God put into place. Uh, but over the past uh, couple of months, he's uh, revealed to me that he's said that my season here in this position as executive pastor is drawing to an end. And uh, so that's what um, we're going through. I've been thinking about it. We've been praying about it. I've talked to pastor about it. And we decided that, uh, you know, I've, I came here with some skills that God gave me. And he brought me here at a time where those skills were needed. And uh, I think he's used that well. I think the church has grown during that time. I've been blessed. My wife has been blessed. My kids have been blessed. It's been a period of time. But I think he's saying your season here is, is different. And I have something else for you to do. Now, I don't know what that is at this moment, um, but I think I'm going to step out in faith and say, okay, Lord, whatever you got for me, I'm willing to do. Um, whatever gifts you want me to do. And uh, something that uh, Sherman Smith has taught me is that um, he says that God doesn't always call the equipped. He equips the call. So my next season might have nothing to do with the skill I have right now. It might be something new that he wants to use for me. But I just want to share with you, thank you so much for blessing me, being around my family, and allowing us, Lord, to serve you well. 
I've served in ways that have been surprised to me sometimes. And I think, I would say 90% of the time, I've been blessed in what, how you have treated me and what I've been done. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Amen. Come on now. Y'all give it up for my brother, your pastor. You can remain standing. Uh, this hasn't been easy for him. Um, but I honor him because he'd rather be obedient to God than to be a man pleaser. He could have stayed around doing his job because he can do it. But God was doing a tug in his heart. And we all know about that with seasons. And, and this isn't a thing where we blame. We use seasons, but there's something else going on. There's nothing else going on. We respect how the Spirit led him here, and we thank God for how he used me because when the brother came, he was a godsend for me because I was, I was about to lose it. I was frazzled, and I needed someone with his skill set, his temperament, his giftedness to come and get this church and me where we needed to be, and he has done that, and we are growing because of that. And so now he's just at a place, Lord, uh, I'm on a great adventure with you. And, uh, and I'm glad he's obedient to the spirit of God. And uh, we're going to be praying with him and his family. Um, he's still here at this time. It's not like he's leaving the church or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, he may in the future. We don't know. But remember, I've always said the kingdom of God is bigger than any one local church. Uh, but for this time, he's family here with us and Donna and all the girls. And we're praying with him. We're rooting for him and can't wait to see what God's going to do. Now, he won't tell you stuff like his knee is still a little bad and he's getting a little older and, you know, he ain't going to tell you that stuff. I'll tell you that stuff. But he is looking at it like, Lord, what's my next season? I'm so proud of you. And we have something for you, um, just a small token of our appreciation, man. Don't open it in front of everybody. But um, can, can I get my elders uh, to come up and wives, come on up, and Donna, and uh, let's pray with and for my brother as we conclude. And remember, the uh, pre-member, prospective member luncheon is down the hall, and uh, y'all make sure y'all hang around and love on this brother, and, and over the next couple weeks, if he has helped you, and I know he's helped a lot of you, he's done counseling, he He's showing up at the hospitals. Just let him know. Because, again, this is not easy. Um, but I'm so glad he's being obedient. Amen. Amen. And I remember when uh, we decided that Jerry was going to be hired. Let me back up. We, we had um, a couple of candidates, and it was down to two. And um, the second, uh, the, the other candidate, I said to the guy, how did I say this? No, no, no. Jerry was coming after the other guy. And I knew the other guy from years ago. He's a good man. And I almost promised him the job. I almost said, man, you, 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 I almost did it. And I said, but we've got one more person to interview. And that was Jerry. And I said, man, this guy's going to have to walk on water. <laughs> and guess what? 
my boy G Money was up in there levitating on the wall. I'm glad y'all clapping, because when I went back and told the other brother that, hey, man, this cat is the one, thank God for reconciliation, but it was tough for a minute. But this brother is a godsend, and you will be sent to the next season, place, position, because there's glory on you. There's shine on my brother. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. For the family, for the church, the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be together in all of our brokenness, all of our shortcomings. We get to still be family. I thank you, God, for your mercy, your grace that's new to each and every one of us every single morning. I thank you for the sufficiency that's found in your grace, the riches we have that come at Christ's expense. Thank you, Lord, that we got to do ministry up close for eight years, my brother and I. And Lord, I'm so excited to see what you're going to do in him and through him and even for him next. Um, so Lord, we send him forth just like he came into this role. We, we send him forth in the name of Jesus to go and bear much fruit. We send him forth blessed because he came in blessed from Seattle. So Lord, we're excited. We're cheering. We can't wait to see but, Lord, in those moments where he may feel alone or he may feel like, man, did I hear you right? Lord, may your spirit bring him comfort during that time. So we thank you, Lord. And for the person who will come in to be our executive director, whoever that person will be, we know that person will come at the right time and who will help propel the church even where Jerry brought us from here to the next place. So we thank you because every Sunday we pray this prayer over every person in this body, believing it to be true. Now unto him who is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or imagine. And it's according to the power that's working within us. To him, to you, God, be all of the glory all of the majesty, might, and dominion, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, amen. 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 You got to hug three people. Got to hug three people. Y'all come say hey to my brother. Blessings to you.